Everything that lives is designed to end. They are perpetually trapped in a never-ending spiral of life and death. However, life is all about the struggle within this cycle. That is what we believe. Ladies and gentlemen, germs, Yikes. ladies and germs, <laughs> ladies and germs. And after that super, uh, super serial introduction, the closing monologue to near Atamata. Atamata, even though I know you hate, <laughs> hate one. No. no. Uh, <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Backlog Breakdown. I am Nate. That's Josh, my hey guys, ever-present co-host. Well, mostly present. Always here. Yeah, no, that's true. I've I've been on less episodes than you have. Yeah, so. but neither one of us have been here for all of them. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're 80 episodes in, Nate. Okay? Dude, it's, you can't. You know, the fact the there. fact that we're eighty episodes in is kind of mind boggling, mm-hmm. but uh, it, we talk about it often. But it's it ended up being very different than we originally had conceived of our one and a half hour commitment. Every oh yeah, but it'll be real easy, man. It'll be like barely an inconvenience. It'll be an hour and a half, mm-hmm. super easy, super easy, barely even any, and then it's like. <laughs> Several episodes. It was it was a matter within like two or three episodes. We were like, mm-hmm. yeah, the hour and a half thing. It's <laughs> somewhere we talked about emulation for three hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then we just started adding bro hangs and bite size and well, and the bro hangs. The bro hangs were like so. My thought was like the bro hangs were going to be this thing where we would talk on the mic microphones anyways and it would mm-hmm. maybe be like we would just talk yeah. like outside of the, the and I was like well why don't we record this and we'll give this to the Patreons or the, pa- the Patreons mm-hmm. we'll give it to the Patreons oh, <laughs> we'll give it to the patrons um, and then it just it sort of became this thing uh, it's like its own podcast on its own uh, yeah at this point yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> uh, it, it you know just a quick plug but yeah if you are ever interested in any of those those tend to be a little more off script um like we just sort of talk about whatever it's interesting you know i'll just say like if if you're interested to hear our thoughts on like different things besides like you mm-hmm. know they they mm-hmm. sometimes they're tangentially sometimes they're nonsensical sometimes it's just us like being mm-hmm. idiots for an hour and a half or 45 yep. minutes or however long it is. And then sometimes it's like, we, we had a fairly in-depth discussion tonight. And well, that's the other thing. I was like, let's do the bro hangs at the end. And it never, we oh, never right. do that's it. Right. We never We've done it like two or three times. <laughs> it's not never. We have tried it once or twice, um, but it's so hard to just be like, Hey, Hey, cool. Okay. Awesome. Let's go. Let's just record an yeah, episode. Like, yeah. No, we got to you, you ease into it. Mm-hmm. Your friends, you just want to hang out yeah, for a little yeah. while. Uh, we, we drank, we drank beer pushing. and we talked mm-hmm. about, um, you know, just like the, the confusion, uh, the confusion, uh, man, woo. Mm-hmm. I'm talking super great. <laughs> uh, Nate talked pretty someday. This going to be, he, he did tell you he just drank a beer. Drank so a, it was, a, it was a big one too. It was a, it was a, I think a <laughs> nine percenter. Big old beer. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it's, 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 it's that one had some weight to it. It was actually kind of disappointing because I was expecting oh. like a little more like fizz, a little more mm-hmm. like carbonated bite, and it was kind of like mm, it was a little flat. I think maybe hmm. gotcha, or maybe it just wasn't super fizzy. Too thick. 
Yeah, it could have been it just like too thick. Thick boy. Too, it, it could have been too thick for me. Too thick for my for for my <laughs> tastes. Uh, it's a big chungus. Big. It could have been a big chungus of a beer. Big chungus <laughs> beers. Um, if if so I if, ever brewed beer, I would want to call it Big Chungus Breweries. Big Chungus the beer. That's awesome. Um, so the funny, sorry, I just have to, I have to interject. It's a little tangent and won't take long. I promise. Um, but you keep know, in mind that we are really good at being bad at brevity. That's uh, true. That happens. Uh, but so anyways, big chunk is, I was explaining it to my wife, you know, my kids know the song, whatever. And so, you know, you type it into YouTube, you have the song. And then one of the other things that pops up is just like a clip of the Looney Tunes show where it actually shows, you know, we're big, the, we're the big chungus. Like yeah, origins. just the clip. It's like a minute and a half. Yeah. It's like two minutes. And my kids wanted to see it. So we just watched it. Whatever. You see it there. And my daughter will talk about it. And she thinks that Bugs Bunny's name is Big Chungus. Like she doesn't call him Bugs Bunny. She's like, the time when, when Big Chungus went to Elmer Fudd and did. And I'm like, oh no. What have I done? <laughs> you got to fix that. So. <laughs> you got to fix yeah. that. Bugs Bunny is just Big Chungus. <laughs> Anyway, have you have you been like sweetie, sweetie, sweetie? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she's I, just like I, no. I she's like, like no. That's, that's that's the fat one. We were just watching it for that, and she's like, oh, okay, okay. But then when you know when she tells the story later of what happens in the episode, so, it's like and Big Chungus went to him, and it's it's, it's first impressions, man. First impressions. Oh no, <laughs> I've ruined you've my ruined daughter. your child. So, anyways, uh, what else is, uh, has uh, been going on? Yeah, it's been, it's, it's, it's it's been, been two weeks since I talked to you. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll, it's been it has been two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I told you I bought myself a new Bible, uh, mm-hmm. True Tone uh, mm-hmm. ESV with the the creeds and confessions. Uh, yep, and it's I got it to be sort of my my carrying Bible, my everyday Bible, because mm-hmm. uh, I really like everyday carry. As someone said, my my everyday carry. Yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely fits. It, I try to carry it every day. So yes, nice. Um, it's, it's been hot here lately, like the yes. last week. Mm-hmm. Like we had like a that heat wave, really nice. Darn those cattle. So many cow farts, cow farts. I I saw this like, dude, I saw this, no joke. I saw a, a, a post, a Twitter post, Jason Schreier, of course, you know, Jason Mm. Schreier, who has a new book out. And I really, I really liked blood, sweat and pixels. And I actually picked this Mm -hmm. up on audible and I'll be listening to it. But like, as much as I enjoy that man's like narrative chops, and I think he's arguably one of the best like sort of investigative reporters in sort of like games journalism, he's also a total tool. Like mm-hmm. I just that, that's kind of how I feel about the Retronauts dudes too. Oh, dude, and I haven't listened to Retronauts in a while, but yeah. Oh, Bob Mackey, I like. Yeah, now it's he's, not even he's gotten to the point where I can't stand. It's him not so even. Much. Uh, what's the other guy? Um, Jeremy Parrish. Yeah, Jeremy Parrish doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. nearly as much of course he can be right. a little pretentious and sort of but like yeah. for the most part like he doesn't bother me that much bob Mackey is a douche novel and it's like <laughs> well yeah and you're also a big fan of um, colin uh colin and yes. bob Mackey yeah. and has their, a hate feud. he has a right. hate on no it's not a feud mm-hmm. bob Mackey is like psychotically obsessed with colin it's weird 
<laughs> um, he has a major hate on for that dude. Um, I, anyways, I think it's, sorry, I think that's calm, and honestly, direction. I think that's calmed down. But it's, I know for a while, yeah. like Mackie was constantly subtweeting Colin. Right. And like, it's like, yes. you can't even just like straight up tweet at the dude. It's like, you've got to be nasty and like, sort of like say stuff about him. And it's like, he's going to find out like, y- you know, his fans yeah. are going to be like, Oh, Hey, Colin Jack wagon, o- Jack wagon over here is at it again. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. You know, Cause that's what Twitter is. I, I don't Twitter's uh, social yeah. media. Anyways. Sorry. sorry. Um, I derailed us yeah. with net retronauts. You were talking about Jason Trier, but yeah, and, he, uh, he tweeted out something about how like, you know, there, apparently there's some developers in Seattle who it's like, it's too hot to work in their office. And it was like, uh, he's like global warming gotcha. is making it impossible to make video games. And I was like, shut oh, no. up. <laughs> like I just, oh, no. I'm just like, I saw that and I was just like, I almost returned the book out of principle. Just so I yeah. was like, I was like, I'm I'm probably really going to enjoy this book, but now I just want to like make you eat a copy of your own book out of like, just like, I'm going to force feed this to you. How many trees did it take to print this thing? Mr. Schreier? Like, it's like, you're a part of the problem. You know, it's like, but and, and it's just like, oh. Plug up your butthole. Sit down. My goodness. Sorry, maybe I should cut that. <laughs> that I mean, I thought it was funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, but yeah, I was just like, seriously, mm. yeah, like yeah. it's the only, It's one of those things where it's just like, just kind of like to to just when I think you can't get it any stupider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I watched a video by someone that I follow who doesn't create videos that often, um, but he did this video about how global warming is not co- or climate change is not caused by cows. Like he had this whole long, you know, 20, 30 minute episode, something like that about like the actual, how, how environmentalists can claim that, that cattle, you know, because it takes up so much more land in order to, to, to you know, to feed them and things like that. And he basically like systematically goes through a bunch of these different arguments and, and debunks them. And, uh, and I'm like, man, this guy is being like, really, does anyone really say that? Like, that's been the joke for the past 25 years is, is cow farts, right? Like that's the joke, but apparently that's a real thing that people are blaming climate change on cattle and their methane. When AOC did her whole Green New Deal thing, that was actually included in it. (laughs) Wow. The world we live in, guys, this is an amazing time to be alive. And that's why I call her the left's Donald Trump. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> She's just a vacuous yeah, mouthpiece that spews nonsense into the ether <laughs> and demands like and anybody who disagrees with her is just obviously some sort of plebe and moron. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. uh similar to, you know, was it forty five or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he like not to get too political here, but I'm gonna get like too late. Too late. Too late, but it's like, dude, like, yeah, they all suck. <laughs> they all suck. Yeah. I don't like any of them anymore. That's not true. <laughs> I like a couple, but it's like, but for the most part, three. But it sucks, and I hate it. So yeah, thanks. I hate it. You know, 
<laughs> uh, it sucks and I hate it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the last couple of weeks have been pretty good. Like I said, it's been hot here for a few days. Uh, yeah. Apparently it's been hot everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. well, I got this new AC unit sort of installed a while back. Ooh. Our, well, our, we had a floor nice. unit and it crapped out. Okay. And so we ended up getting this like massive window unit, which dude does a bang up job of cooling down the downstairs. Like we have nice. a fan in the dining room, but I also mm-hmm. had to build like a little support stand thing. Yeah. And I wildly over engineered <laughs> the <that laughs> little, uh, stand little like tripod thingy um mm-hmm. it's like i could have made this significantly less complicated and i was like <laughs> no i'm going to like there's going to i'm going to screw the like every piece of lumber into all the other pieces of lumber in <laughs> all the like but yeah so i i mean been chilling been chilling yeah chess chess club has not uh started up yet like okay it okay. it's so tomorrow is supposed to hopefully some kids will be there of course depending on how tired I am at the end of this I might not want kids I I did actually go to my boss and said like can I start work early on Tuesdays I said just because mm-hmm. I got this chess club thing and I'm trying to get like out of here so yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes nice we'll see how it goes nice and uh, dig it dude yeah. But yeah, we're we're good. I mean, we're just sort of like we're just chilling. We're just chilling. Mm-hmm. So, how about you guys? Cool. What's new. Oh man, uh, it's you know crazy enough. It's been a busy two weeks. Uh, so last time we talked, it was Road Rules, who's the student ministries, uh, you know, week long thing, and that that was that was just craziness. So I I generally try and work Sunday through Thursday in you know for the most part um but they went monday through friday i was there running tech for them when they needed it i also preached on wednesday um because it was there on on campus they had just the different pastors preaching uh because our student ministry pastor wants the students to get like to be familiar with the pastors that we have on staff which i thought was super cool um different than like what i remember you know our you know youth camp being but that's pretty cool cool idea um, anyways, th- so Friday night, I'm like, okay, I'll just spend a couple hours up at work. It's fine. I'll just run tech for that night. N- not remembering like, of course, with a youth camp, like the last night is always the night that you go long. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's the night when it, it's cliche. Sorry. I hope I'm not like touching the arc here, but that's the night where everyone, you know, stands up and gives their lives to Christ. And, you know, it's just, there's something about that. Night. Everyone's worn there's out. Like and so there's the, a, the eighth altar call of the week. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Now it wasn't, if you it wasn't haven't, that dramatic. If you haven't sold out in mm-hmm. your life for Jesus in any of the four previous days. Right. It's, it's gotta be Friday. Yes, yes. By that point, and that all point, the peer happened. pressure from your friends to be part of the mob is going to like just like peak. Hey, you have peer you pressure, have, you, dude. You haven't gone up yet. You're worn out. You've you been like you running around you, all you're week. Su- you're suffering from maybe a little bit of Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they're like, yeah. you need to go up. You need to be sold out for Jesus. You need to like go mm-hmm. do the altar call. It'll change your life, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All that, um, all that being my experience when I was in high school, I am not saying that about my current church at all. 
Um, but the the bit of that that carries over is that it just went longer than I you know than was on paper that it was going to go. So the couple hours ballooned into a bit longer than that. Um, I just thought it was funny because it's like, well, duh, if I would have stopped and thought about that for a second, of course, the last night is always the longest night. That's just how it goes. Um, but anyways, I thought that was funny. And then this past week, well, yesterday, as as our recording days, I uh, I preached on Sunday. And so uh, th- that makes for busy weeks because then it's like sermon preparation in addition to the other things that are going on at the church. So um, that's that's pretty much what I personally have been up to. We did have a nice uh, day at the lake. With um, actually, one of the the elders at the church invited us out. They have a lake house, and they invited us out with um, a couple other families from the church. And they took us. Uh, they ha- they have like speed boats, and so they pulled um, inner tubes behind it. I got to do that with my kids, which was super fun. Uh, holding on for dear life. So. It was it was cool. It was it was a good time. It's been it's been good past couple weeks. Good, good, busy, good, 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 good. good. Yeah. Well, do you want to just roll into the uh, backlog report here since we've gone through it? Let's just do it. This this is unprecedented. Let's see. I've got I've got I've got it somewhere here, Mm. dude. That's that's making me nervous. <laughs> when you were <laughs> and just rip it now. I was gonna be like it's just destroyed. Uh, uh those those were some that was some cold hard cash actually that cold hard cash in front of the microphone. That was like, <laughs> yo, you you making this like a real money segment. <laughs> hey yo, for the first time ever, eighty episodes in Foley work was Dude, done with uh Yeah. That's a uh, Jackson's really so, uh yeah. up in up in the game here, man. You know, I don't know how I'm going to ever top that. Uh, do you want me to uh, jump in here? You go ahead. Go first. Because I got nothing. Oh. Just about. Um, have not played hardly anything. Kids play some, uh, which, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm playing Ring Fit Adventure at least a couple times a week. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Um, although when I do finally beat the main story, I am going to take the points for that, for go- you know, just, just for the, for the beatdown. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Because I'd like another negative point, please. Thank you. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, kids play some uh, Nintendo Labo every once in a while. They have fun with that, so that's pretty cool. But no, I mean, I haven't. Yeah, I really have not been playing video games at all, even less than the past couple of episodes. I know. Why am I even doing a podcast about video games if I'm not playing video games? Sorry, that's just how life has been right now. Uh, so I've put maybe a couple hours into Radiant Historia. Historia can't even see the name of the game uh, over the past two weeks. So sorry, that's really all I have to say on video game front. Um, other things to report on: my wife and I went through all four live-action Roroni Kenshin movies, and they're great. Mm. Highly recommend them. What did Samantha um, think of those? She was hooked. She was. She was actually. We got to the last one, and she was like, "Now what are we going to watch to get?" Like, I'm sad. We don't have anything else. Yeah. Um. They. I mean, they're movie versions of somewhat sort of. They follow the the arc of the of the manga, but they change things around. A, a lot of the characters, as much as I like them, I like their portrayals in the movie. 
they just can't do them justice because the manga is really about the characters a lot. There's so much character development and you just can't do that in a two hour movie. Uh, so some characters get a real short shrift, whereas they're like really cool in the manga. You don't really get much of them in the movies. They change one of the main characters out to just be kind of comic relief. So it's sort of like the Gimli effect in the Lord of the Rings mm. movies where like, oh, he actually has a character, but he's just a joke in the movies. And you like him, right? You watch the movie, you like Gimli. He's likable. He's just not the character that's in the book kind of a deal. So yeah, I have my little critiques, but overall, man, those are really cool movies. <laughs> um, What'd you watch those it, on? Uh, I got a trial to Funimation. So Funimation mm. has the first three movies. So the first one covers the first arc of the manga. The next two cover the the next arc of the manga with Shishio. Um, and then the fourth one is currently streaming on Netflix. If you have Netflix. Um, so you can you can do it that way. There is actually a fifth one that's just come out in Japan this year, but uh, it is a prequel. So the fourth movie covers the third and final arc of the manga. The fifth movie is a prequel. I, my understanding is that it would be kind of some of the flashbacks that you get within the manga hmm. proper. But highly recommend those, um, you know, watch them in Japanese with subtitles. And it's, it's really good stuff. If you like Roni Kenshin. Obviously, I've been on a big Roni Kenshin kick. And I think it's awesome. So I think they're awesome. Uh, in terms of reading, there have been a number of books. The only one that I will um, kind of talk about here, there's there's one we talked about in the bro hang a little bit about how we've both kind of fallen off the wagon in our fitness goals, um, but trying to get back on. There's a book called Eat Smarter by Sean, I think his name is Stevenson. Uh, he, ha- he also has another book called Sleep Smarter, which I've heard is good. I just haven't read it. Um, and, and it's good. He has a very interesting style. He's, he has a podcast too as well, but he'll like throw in these like cultural references all over the place, which is kind of funny. It it can be a little jarring because it happens so often, but then you get used to it and it's like, okay, you're, you're just inserting some character in here. This is fun. Uh, and he reads his own book, which is cool, but he, he goes into the science of, eating proper foods basically. And it boils down, like he gives some very specific things. It really boils down to some advice that you hear a lot of other places, but the way that he broke it down, I just really appreciated and it hit home for me. But you know, the key takeaways are like, hey, eat more leafy greens, eat like real food whenever you can, as opposed to processed food and cut out sugar because sugar is actually really bad for you. That's that's kind of like the biggest takeaways that I got from it. Hmm. And I've heard it before, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Eat Smarter by Sean Stevenson. That's pretty much, that's, that's all I have to report on. I'm done. I'm done. This podcast is over. What about you, Nate? I thought the podcast was over. <laughs> um, all right. I'll pull up my things here. Oh, an entire book. Yeah. Yeah. To report on. So many yeah. books to report on. Um, so in the books, audio books, sort of arena. Um, yes. Like I, I mentioned, I think in the bro hang, Micah, I, I actually recently read, read through the book of Micah several times. Um, yes. Jared's been preaching through it 
So it's, it's something where I just, and it's short, it's like six or seven chapters. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's, you can sit down and read it in like 20 minutes. I've listened to it a few nice. times too. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's a good one. I, I think uh, a lot of times and in, in just to sort of uh, sort of give the TLDR version of our conversation is like, I, I think a lot of times we can look at stuff in the old Testament and not see it as being for us nearly as mm-hmm. much as it actually is. And uh, this is a book I think is very much for the modern church, uh, a book that the modern church very much specifically needs because I think it addresses some things um, that we see in our current sort of cultural climbs. So uh, I'm up to bleak seasons in the black company stuff. It's that's like the fifth or sixth one. Okay. Um, Well, I mean, they're not terribly long. They're like nine or 10 hours for listening. Okay. Okay. And I listen at one and a half times speed most of the time. So I, and I chew through them pretty quickly, but I am enjoying that series. Like Glenn cook is actually, I am really gaining an appreciation. Like I, I I think I like these books so much. I'm at some point I'm going to pick up a physical copy of all the black company books. Dang. Um, nice. It's not epic, super awesome literature, but they're just so it's mostly narrated by a guy named Croker. The The Black Company is a mercenary band, and he is their surgeon, their doctor, but he's also their analyst. And not like A-N-A-L-Y-S-T, but A-N-N-A-L-I-S-T. He's the company historian. And so okay. he he's mostly narrated by him. And they get sort of wrapped up in some wild stuff. And But then in the last couple of books, and there are a few books. So there's one that gets um, narrated by Philodendron Case. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he's a, but yeah. But, and that's a sort of, that's a one-off story. And then there's one that gets narrated by the lady. Um, she's a major player, but. So they've started dipping out into some of these other characters and these, mm-hmm. these are each books of the black company in a way. Now the one, okay. So they're like official histories. And so you're reading, they're being narrated to you by the, the person who is acting as the analyst at that time. Gotcha. And so it's there. So, and it, what's really interesting is that, these the, those three books that sort of like because like Croker, like I said, he does most of the the narration, but the the three books so far that are sort of have a very different vibe, and it's it's oh, okay. very interesting because like just uh, there's different narrative tricks and stuff. And it's like I really appreciate Cook. Like I, I like this guy mm-hmm. is like I said, he's no like I've I've said this before. He's no Bard. He's no Billy Shakespeare. Right. But he's yeah. a pretty talented writer, and he's not like he's not a titan. But like, man, he's solid. So solid. I'm, 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 you know, Eric Bryant, well done, sir. Uh, you have you have done hooked me. Like I'm in. <laughs> you, you crazy son of a gun. You did 
Nice, nice. I, I remember last time you were debating going to one of like the alternate books before you went to mm-hmm. the next one. Did you do that? Yeah, that's the one that's, okay. so that's, uh, that's the Silver Spike. And okay. that's narrated by, that's the one that's narrated by Philodendron Case. He's sort of gotcha. a side character. Mm-hmm. And that book actually ties up a bunch of like the loose ends. Cause like, the, so what's really interesting is that the the narrator isn't an omniscient er- narrator in a lot of sense. Okay. Like, because mm-hmm. you're being told like, and there's stuff that they like, they sort of fill in, but it's like, you're being told about like these events from a single person's perspective. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's no omniscient omnipresent narrator. And so there's all sorts of stuff that happens on the sidelines. And so some of these side stories are actually explorations of that but then those stories are told from people's perspectives who are experienced that gotcha and it's like i said it's very clever because like croaker has like croaker's narrative tone is very it almost reminds me of like the sort of crime noir fiction Mm -hmm. like that kind of like uh raymond chandler-esque a little bit but then gotcha. like the 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 tale from philodendron case has like a very different style like altogether mm-hmm. like and there's similarities but then and then when the lady's the narrator like hers is again very different pacing and even with this one with uh mergen is the the narrator on this this last one the the one that i'm reading now and mergen like mergen's like and even like the devices that he's using to sort of like change up like it's just very good writing i like i strongly recommend these i'm also like yo not for small ears like these are gotcha. yeah these are adult these are kind of heavy and occasionally there's some bad words and hard ideas um that are mm-hmm. thrown in there um and they're mercenary band and they're they're good at what they do which is not very nice. <laughs> um, so that's why they're called the Black Company. Well, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did start picking up Anna K again and sort of working through that. Mm-hmm. And I've I've moved from, I think, like 74% to, I think, 80% completed okay. at this point. Nice. Time. So I'm, nice. I'm moving along in there. And then uh, th- that fasting book, and I was going to pull it, like grab it and pull it. But like, Parker and I did chapter three the other week and it talks about like fasting and it sort of talks about different examples of fasting and, but like it talked about fasting as a response. I know for me personally, at least I, I don't look at fasting as a response. I look at fasting as something I do sort of in addition to, but he, we're not super far into it. So I don't want to make assumptions on what, but he talks about like how, mm-hmm. like sometimes people like when, like you look at David and when he fasted, it was like out of grief and mm-hmm. sort of uh, out of love for his, 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 his son. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, he talks about sort of like, like in, in a lot of ways, that's, that's sort of what fasting is. And, and the, the, I think like the big takeaway from that chapter, and it's, that was actually a really short chapter, but it was really pretty profound. There was a lot of sort of stuff packed in there that I thought was pretty good. But uh, he, he said this, and I and I thought this was just a a good thought that I wanted to pass along. Is that fasting is not commanded, so don't 
turn it into something that people need to do or else they're they're heathen pig sinners. It is not commanded. But it is one of those things mm-hmm. that is like strongly recommended. And there there are a couple times I think where we are commanded to fast, but it's not one of those things. It's like there's no ritual to this in a lot of ways. There's it's like okay. like we are called to fast. And 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 Washer sort of in the workbook says, like, listen, if somebody's not fasting, it doesn't automatically like, oh, they're a sinner, they're a heathen, they need to repent. He's like, but if you you haven't fasted in a while or you're not fasting at all, that might be a little bit of a litmus test to at least have you ask questions as to why you're not occasionally fasting. Mm-hmm. And he said, and it might be because you're just, you're a little too comfortable in this world. And, it, you know, for me, I was like, hmm, it, it, it sort of resonated. I, I, mm-hmm. I could go and get the book and just read it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's much easier for me to just sort of like not, not do that. So, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's, it's given me some stuff to think about. So yeah. I appreciate that. Nice. As far as games go, um, I didn't play a whole, whole lot. I mean, MTG arena pretty much gets played every day, <laughs> but mostly just over my lunch break. So I played, okay. uh, I played on my lunch break and then I, tend to not played at home okay so but it does get played pretty much every day <laughs> gotcha um it sucks and you hate it but you love it actually and you keep going back over lunch is actually pretty much the perfect dose for me like okay it's like it's kind of a nice little like i can play for a half hour and mm-hmm. rng isn't too frustrating oh today it made me mad today i was getting pretty cranked because <laughs> it's like it's just like you get four or five hands in a row where you're like, seriously, this is what you're going to do to me. Okay. Like mm-hmm. screw you. But then my last, my last game that I played, I was like, it, it, it was pretty good. So it's like, the odds were ever in the your odds favor. were super in my favor. And I felt really bad for the guy I played because I started spanking him. Like <laughs> it's like he, he started out. Okay. And then it just turned around and I was like, I'm going to eat you for lunch. Um, but because it's my lunch break, because it's my lunch break. Uh, but anyways, today I finally just like in, in sort of preparation for the show, I finally platinumed near Automata. Now, congratulations! Yeah, I don't know how you did that, dude. That's uh, crazy. I did use the achievement merchant for like two or three more okay. achievements because I was like, there was some stuff where it's like kill 50 people in berserk mode. And I was like, I'm not doing that. No, like <laughs> it's like, I've done all this other crap. No. <laughs> um, and yeah. odd little factoid, the, the, uh, trophy merchant actually plays a huge role in the plot. Of, no, no, it doesn't. Not at all. No. <laughs> I was like, it's just a video game. Um, but, uh, the, the, there were a couple more that I just like, I pulled a, it was like after, cause I went back through and I played the D and the E endings all the way through mm-hmm. to the end. Okay. okay. And I did the, the part where, you know, it does the thing. And then I went back and I was like, no, I'm going to pull that from the cloud and say, no. Gotcha. <laughs> like, yep. I'm, I'm no. You will not. I will not do the. I will tell you I will do this thing, but I lied to you. <laughs> um, but it was for a good cause. Yeah, it was. We'll it was, talk about it. It later. was pretty cool. Um, I really. It was very neat how they that, did that. And the ending song, dude. 
Yeah. At first it's like it plays the same thing and it feels like it's it's going over and over again. But the way that it builds into in crescendos, man. That, well, great. that music is just great. top notch, top shelf. Mm-hmm. But um yeah. anyways, in addition to that, uh throughout the last couple of weeks, I did uh check out the Final Fantasy Origins demo. That's like the soul. Okay. Uh can't say that I was a huge fan. Oh, um, gotcha. I thought it was fine. And it's one of the, like, I'll be honest, I was not a huge fan of the aesthetic in that, like, I thought the outfits, armor set stuff was kind of like, not great. Um, Gotcha. I I didn't even beat it. Like, I was playing on normal, and I got to, to Garland, I think, or whoever it is, and I was just like, I was playing it, and it was like, we'll see what happens when this game comes out in its finished state. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but I was just like, that demo left me kind of going, nah, I guess it's okay. Um, I also checked out the demo for Scarlet Nexus. Okay. Yeah. 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 That was kind of dope. Really? Okay. Not going to lie. I actually really liked that. I didn't think it was anything like, especially in comparison to like something like near, uh, it felt a little like meh. But I enjoyed the look. I it's sort of mm-hmm. like it's definitely something that I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, it's doing really well on Open Critic. Um, it's yeah. like got an eighty. Uh, it's Sweet. it's getting eights and nines across. Like I think it has a nine on Steam. Uh, so it's it's doing really well. The demo was really compelling, and I'm going to pick it up at some point in time. But probably it's probably not a I need to get this now kind of thing. And yeah. then fun fact, I thought that that was like a spinoff of the uh, romancing saga. Cause there's like Scarlet grace. So uh, I assumed that that was related. No, no not at it's, all. Not it's at actually all. tales. Developers made this game. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah I was looking at it like, I think it was last night. I don't know. Days blur together. I think it was last night and I was like, Oh yeah, no, not at all. What I thought it was. Okay, cool. It's uh, Looks good. the demos. Like I think that there, that there's a demo for PS4 too. Um, okay. As well. PS4 two. PS4 as well. Sorry. Also. Sorry. Yeah. I I should. As soon as it came things? out of my mouth, <laughs> I was like, I should have said something. PS42. The PS42. Um. But uh, and uh, I I would recommend at least checking it out. Anyways, uh. So there was that, and and then finally, uh, the two games that I'm going. Well, did play some more Dark Siders Genesis with Parker. We're we are almost at the end of that game. Um, nice. I think that we have like a level or two. Like we cannot be that much farther. Like, mm-hmm. and I think he and I are both sort of like, I just want to be done with this thing. Um, <laughs> it's been okay. Like it's, I, mm-hmm. I I think the game's worthwhile, but I just yeah. don't know that it's all that great either. There's some weird stuff where it's like, Ugh. I've already talked about the janky platforming. And yes, how it's not great, mm-hmm. and yeah, some other bits it sucks, and you hate it. It sucks, and I hate it. Um, so there's that, and then, but uh, to sort of, so the next two games I'm sort of really going to be focusing on over the next the, the coming months are going to be uh, Control, and I fired that yes. up and started playing that again. Uh, sort of picked that up, back up, and then uh, Baldur's Gate. Ah, nice. Mm. Diving in. Yeah, yeah. I'm 
and this is sort of like inside baseball. I had, we had had a conversation with Paul about maybe moving his pick for this year to Radiant Historia, but hmm. he and Wes right. just did an episode on, on the station and I'm like, Oh, I want to give this thing a little more time to breathe. Um, yeah. So yeah. that, that was really what drove that. But cool. you know, that's what I've been into the last couple of weeks. So that's what you got to report on. I like it. I like it. Well, we've got other reports. Come, well, not really. Just just our just our thoughts on this little game, you know, near Automata. It's a little indie um, jam. Mm-hmm, right, exactly. That no one's ever heard of. Did you did you hear about? Uh, uh, I was going to say reincarnation, but no, the uh, near replicant. What about it? It's already sold twelve. Uh, it's already doubled the sales of Near's original release since it's been. I believe you know, it. And it's I mean, been out for like a month or two. <laughs> Automata was a bit of a groundswell moment. And so right. exactly. I at some point replicants like one of those games that I was tempted to sort of maybe try and get like a steelbook version for a while. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh I just I'm just gonna like try and pick it up on sale at some point in time because yeah. I even yeah. what I've heard, it's like even with some of the quality of life stuff, they're just like, well, yeah, there's Automata, it is not. Yeah. You know, it wasn't made by Platinum Games. So, hmm, and even though Platinum went back and sort of really helped them sort of clean everything up, Mm -hmm. it's still basically near. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. But uh, our conversation isn't about Replicant, it is about Automata. You're going to get all the spoilers. You're going to get our thoughts on the story and what the game actually tries to do when we return after this <clears throat> Excuse me, may I have a moment of your time to talk about the wonder and beauty of tokusatsu? See, tokusatsu is a Japanese word for special effects and usually refers to those super fun TV shows you watched as a kid with those heroes wearing spandex and those giant rubber monsters and cool explosions and awesome transformations. That's so cool. I happen to be a big fan of it and run a podcast about the entire genre. So if you could just, like, I don't know, subscribe and, and take a listen to my episodes, I'd greatly appreciate it. It's called the Henshin Dad Podcast, and it's it's kind of awesome, or at least my, my mom thinks so, but she still hasn't reviewed it on iTunes yet. No. But anyway, thanks for your time. Just just check it out, the Henshin Dad Podcast. It's on Anchor, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, okay, okay, bye! So let's just jump into this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for for the sake of the listening audience at this point in time, like, here's the deal. Full spoilers from here on out. Like, yeah. if you have not beaten this game and you do not want it spoiled for you, stop listening now. Mm-hmm. Like, stop. Just stop it. Stop it. If you found that you don't like the game and you want it hear people talk about it then you can listen but like if you have any plan 
ever to play the game, then for for your own sake, please, please, don't listen. To I mean, yeah, if you like, I know how much you love us, but stop listening. But yeah, okay. if you ever have any intention of playing this game, you just probably not listen to this next part. Um, <laughs> because... Well, and, and we'll just get into it. Like one of the things that this the game does is the multiple playthroughs thing and how it just like more and more of that game sort of like spool, like you, you, like you sort of like peel back the layers again, that, that, that onion mm -hmm. parfait kind of <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what would I call it? The onion, uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, parfait. Right. No, but parfait is like, but what was it? What did I use? Uh, eclair. Eclair. Yeah. Eclair. eclair. Yeah. There you this, go. this game. Onion eclair. This onion eclair kind of. Um, uh, mm. well, um, mm. One time, Lovely. one time, uh, my mom makes this stuff. We call it eclair cake. And you use biscuit, like, you know, pre rolled mm -hmm. biscuits to sort of help make the, the, the crust of the cake. She made it with garlic biscuits how did that oh oh, oh okay it, okay did, like she wasn't paying attention she grabbed the wrong biscuits yeah, yeah. and right. oh it yeah. was it was interesting we ended up just throwing it out because it was just like <laughs> it was like i had like a couple pieces i was like this just tastes really off like yeah. really like there's something like and then she was like she she <laughs> went back and she was like i used garlic biscuits and i was like <laughs> That, That's what it that was. would do it. Um, it anyways, yeah. uh, you know, for anybody still listening who hasn't, seriously, if you are have any intention of playing this game, like this will ruin it for you. Like garlic biscuits will ruin the eclair cake. Yeah, because the way that the game works is it hides so much from you throughout the game. Um, I mean, and, and we've talked about it before, but it, you're you're mostly left wondering what the heck is going on until the very end of the game. But then that recontextualizes so much of the game that you actually understand what the game is attempting to do. So if you listen to this, we will be spoiling the end of the game and therefore um, it will be ruining the, the intention of the way that you are to be strung along throughout the the game when you're actually playing it that said i'm not your mom so you can do do whatever you, do what want. you want i'm just saying i'm just saying uh you should play this game without spoilers and it, it okay yeah that's enough. yeah i so i think we have to start with the characters okay and I, okay i know that we'll start with 2b and we'll start with 9s and we'll get to our third character we'll get to a2 when we get to her um okay but the the game opens up with a, a shoot 'em up sequence, and mm -hmm. uh, it's there's some sort of narrative like sort of expositional dump, and well, there's the whole they wonder about the the endless cycle of destruction, and you know, is this a curse? Does God hate them? You know, will they ever get a chance to kill God? Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and anyways, it goes in this opening sequence with the whole shoot 'em up stuff, and then. Mm -hmm. You are introduced to 2B or whatever, and then get mm -hmm. smashed into the warehouse. And she starts, you know, she has to kill a bunch of robots. 
Yeah, yeah. She well, is, is basically they're, they're just robots, a mission. but I said robots, and just, that's a that's a Western Pennsylvania thing. And I just want to, like, yeah, I am an uncultured. I like twine. it. I like it. Yeah. So, so she's an android. She's killing machines. Okay. She's. I mean, basically, she's on a mission, a specific mission that she was told to go on, uh, along with the rest of her crew. The rest of her crew dies, you know, before even touching down to take out this so-called Goliath class machine and so it's this enormous machine very large um so after uh 2b's comrades uh get destroyed then the command sends in another character uh by the night by the name of 9s who i can't remember offhand what the s stands for but basically he is able to hack into other machines as opposed to 2b who just like beats stuff down she destroys things a killing machine and he is a Mm -hmm. scout or maybe Scout, a surveillance um, mm-hmm. model. So we've talked about the multiple playthroughs. And your first playthrough, you play through as 2B. Mm-hmm. And she does the dual wielding thing. And you sort of, you're, you're put into this abandoned city. Or it's not really abandoned, but the where the resistance has a camp. And the resistance mm-hmm. is uh, a bunch of androids who are allied with... Humanity? No, well, with Yorha. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at this point in time, we you are le- led to believe that the androids are sort of basically trying to reclaim Earth for humanity from the machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of one of those things, like the the as you play through the game, like you find out that the machines that you're fighting were actually seeded there by aliens which mm-hmm. this game like this game like there is some weird sort of like narrative like dips and dives here that mm-hmm. i'm like oh like yeah you can definitely tell that yoko taro was the same dude who made dragon guard like yeah, <laughs> yeah okay mm-hmm. it's like yeah okay um yeah, what what I've as as I've been thinking about, I I think th- like the plot itself and in the explanations behind things are a little too convoluted for its own good. Yeah, um, it it it's more. I I know this is kind of weird to say, but the details don't really matter. He tries to make them like he tries to explain away things that by the end of the game are so secondary it doesn't matter like you d- you don't really need to know why you're there because the point of the game there's there's a different point to the game <laughs> I'll, I'll put it that way so in in the narrative humans uh you know obviously humans were on earth then aliens came and attacked the humans so the humans created androids to defend themselves against the aliens and the aliens made machines and so then earth the at least this is how it seems up front this is what you're told yeah Yeah. so humans fled to the moon where they can where they command the androids what to do and their elite uh you know fighting class androids are the yorha units so the, the the well, it's it's Project Yorha, isn't it? Something so like, like basically that, yeah. all of the androids that were sent to the Earth, they're a part of Project Yorha, which is to um, destroy the machines and help recolonize the Earth. Like once you take care of the machine, once you destroy all the machines, then humanity can come back to the Earth. So that's that's kind of the the premise that you're led to believe mm-hmm. that your characters are under. So see a machine, destroy it. 
yeah. kind of a thing because those are the things that need to, to happen in order for humans to come back to the earth. And it, like you are confined to sort of this abandoned city. And mm-hmm. there's a few biomes in, in here. There's like a, eventually, well, you, you start off with access to the abandoned city or the, the city ruins. Um, mm-hmm. And then the 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 factory or the warehouse uh then you there's a desert that you can sort mm-hmm. of go into and rip around in there's a, a canyon slash um there's the wooded area there's a shopping there's yeah, the forest area. yeah there's a forest area there's a, a an abandoned shopping mall. There's all sorts of like, there's a robot vill- uh, uh There's all sorts of like different, there's like, you can go to the shore and eventually. And as you like these, these areas unlock as you play through and on your first playthrough, you'll sort of go through all these biomes. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're sort of like, you're just, you're trying to figure out what the robots are up to. And so you end up meeting some friendly robots at some point in time. And you, that's where you're exposed to Pascal and his village or his village, even though Pascal mm-hmm. has an effeminate voice. And that's mostly to be a comfort to the robot children. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to make sense yeah. because it's a video game and it's just mm-hmm. bizarre. But, um, and Pascal tends to be is sort of a very interesting character, and there's a bit of a story arc that follows there. But um. mm-hmm. yeah, there is, so that some of the introduction the, that that's the interesting interesting thing though. In your first playthrough, you're told like just go out and destroy all the machines because they are the the threat, mm-hmm. right? They're the thing that's destroying the Earth. That they're the thing that you need to get rid of. But you see that it's more complicated than that. And yeah, okay, in the back of your mind, you're like, well, of course it's more complicated than that. Like, this game is posing questions of what is humanity? You know, how how close, you know, do androids really dream of electric well, sheep kind of a thing? Um, I, I don't know. Well, At least that's, that's what I assumed is there's some underlying th- there, subtext There are, here. but I think like the, so the the first really serious turn, right? Is you know because when you're you're first exposed to Pascal's village, it just sort of feels like okay, mm-hmm. this is weird. This is nodity, but like yeah, okay, mm-hmm. like these robots do have some sort of sentience, so there might be a, mm-hmm. a, a branch within there that just is like yeah, this isn't what we're supposed to be doing. But I think when you you go to the desert, and this is early on, and you encounter Adam, and and eve for the first time that's where it gets really weird so adam and eve super are machines but they're super advanced machines that are human in appearance Mm -hmm. and um they sort of become sort of your primary antagonists for a while right and but that's where the game takes the first like really like really hard turn i guess like where it's like it goes from just being like okay like fight the machines sort of clear the 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 earth and reclaim it and then all of a sudden you meet these super advanced machines that look like humans and start learning and you you run into them several times and yeah well, that that whole scene too. So, so like you said, before that, you've already fought one boss. That you know, it, it was this it was this crazy machine. At one point, it pulls out the bodies of other 
androids. And so you're like, okay, this, this just reinforces like, no, this thing needs to be destroyed. Like it's killing our people kind of a thing. Like, yeah. Okay. It's, it's your pretty standard. It, it feels pretty standard. Like you, this is what you were created to do. And then you, I have to bring up that whole scene where Adam and Eve are created is just absolutely bizarre because the machines are acting very strangely. They're trying to mimic humans in a way. Well, they're, they're doing some it's very copy, weird it, things. It's uh, very adult. The, let's say they're twerking on each other because they're just well, machines. They look like trash cans. It's like it's like trash cans copulating. You know? and yeah, there's, yeah, it, there's exactly. nothing really explicit aside from the gesturing but it's it's yes. such a, yeah, like a exactly. weird it's like what is going on here and then like mm-hmm. adam and eve are birthed out of this well pr- primarily adam and then eve is birthed out of adam which is mm-hmm. but they're both male and they're brothers and it's right. weird and uh mm-hmm. it's a very interesting sort of parallel sort of thing um yeah but yeah, I don't know because at th- th- that point in time, that I-, I guess it's it's not like there's any huge question that's posed in that, but it's like that is like the first like what the heck moment because like when, exactly. yeah because yes. yes. your first your first sort of uh, boss is at the the old amusement park, and it's like yep. Simone, it's like yeah, there's some your hum units that are missing and this is where they were last sort of like kind of and you go and you fight this like yeah this machine that's like twisted itself and it's just like it's super it's and it it talks about sort of like i think even too in some of the like the the things with the the machine some of these machines like these machines what becomes a common refrain is the machines are trying to figure out their purpose and so like Mm -hmm. the and it's and that's ultimately what Adam and Eve are both after. Like they're they're asking questions, only they're doing it in a much more sophisticated way. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas uh, the the amusement park diva or whatever she was, uh, like it w- wants wants to be, to be beautiful. beautiful, and so it's this sort of like mm-hmm. this twisted pursuit of beauty. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Adam and Eve actually eventually, and and it's only like the second or third time that you, that you fight them because they pretty much egg you on when you fight Mm -hmm. and they kind of mock you. They're, they're very strong, not impenetrable, but they're very strong. They can regenerate. And Um, and your first playthrough, those are tough fights. Yeah. 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 They, they, it's because you have to like constantly be on the attack in order for them not to uh, to continually regenerate. Um, but at one part, so you find uh, these tunnels underneath where you are. Well, and, that's, that's and after the city down. collapses. So there's, you go, okay. you go through right. the carnival. All right, now that it's, it's sort of all coming back. You go through the carnival, you defeat that, that you end up in Pascal's village. Pascal's village is right after and, that. And, yeah. um, you you run into Pascal, and as you're coming out of Pascal's village, um, there's like a major earthquake, and that's the 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 machines have sent a Goliath unit in to attack the the resistance camp, and then it's sort of 
you are you have to you have to stop that and it does like a shoot 'em up sort of sequence again and um mm-hmm. and then but then after all of that goes like that opens up a giant sinkhole and in the giant sinkhole in the middle of town they find there's this tunnel and you go back the tunnel mm-hmm. and that leads to this chamber underground and it's a super, it's like you, you walk into it and everything's like sort of like there's a bunch of dead robots and dead androids and sort of, but then you walk through and it, this, this big circular like antechamber, there's a bunch of dead aliens in there. And so mm-hmm. it turns out like, and you end up having a fight with Adam and Eve there. And it turns out that the aliens have been dead. They've been dead. Mm-hmm. And that at this point in time, the machines are just working on some sort of like, it's basically destroy the opposition. But then there's these yeah. other questions outside of that primary purpose that have that have actually started to s- sort of supersede that original programming. Mm-hmm. And right, because because the aliens are dead. Actually, the way that Adam and Eve explain it is that the the machines basically surpassed the aliens. The aliens were very dumb and very like one note. They they created the machines, but um, they the machines saw that their creators were not very smart. And so they actually killed the aliens and they are more interested in the people who created the androids. They're actually more interested in humanity. And so they decide they want to become like humanity or at least to research humanity. Well, and in that fight too, I think Adam uh, even says like, you know, you can join with us. And so, you know, and we'll go get the people who are on the moon and mm-hmm. we're going to learn about them. And that means in some, to some extent by dissecting people and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and of course like the, the androids being, you know, 2B and 9S are like, no, we're not going to do that. You're ridiculous. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so th- there's a series of sequences where this keeps escalating and eventually mm-hmm. you end up sort of in a fight where Adam has kidnapped 9S um, and there's a whole big sequence like you know there's the giant fight off of the coastline there which is and, and again you're, you're fighting this giant super weapon and you have to go it, mm-hmm. that the, the whole big set pieces it's pretty bombastic it's pretty yeah. and the first playthrough is honestly the most intense Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I could see that. You, you know, you're experiencing all these things for the first time. In a lot of ways, you're probably massively under leveled. Um, you don't have all the equipment mm-hmm. and and all of the the stats and all of the the chips and everything else. But uh, yeah, you're still learning. Still yeah. learning the game, and you go through these this big fight with this giant sea machines sort of thing and you end up stopping it but in yeah. in the meantime like when 2B wakes up 9S is not around and he's been picked up by Adam and he's being held hostage and you, you actually have to go underground into this like sort of basically monochrome white city kind of thing where mm-hmm. it's it, the machines have sort of built a simulacrum of, of a city and Adam's down there and he's holding 9S hostage and it turns out though that he's actually he wants to die. Like he he's kind of set it up for like, well, this is it's a life or death. Like he he's all in. So he's either gonna win or he's yeah. going to die. And right, because in his research of humanity that he's done, 
he has decided that life is conflict. Mm -hmm. His conclusion is life is conflict. And so he will continue to fight in order to find meaning. And he's found that the only way to truly be in conflict is to make himself vulnerable to death because he can regenerate. Like he says, I have to, I have to lay it on the line. I have to be willing to die in order to truly find my purpose. Yeah. So basically like fight me to be, and let's fight to the death to see if I can actually find what this purpose is. Cause looking at humanity, all I see is conflict. So they're finding their purpose in conflict. I can do that too. And then of course, Tubi kills him. <laughs> well, in order to rescue 9S. 9S, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so she kills him. She takes 9S up to there's there's a space station called the bunker where all the androids hang out with all their other body mm-hmm. bodies. Because the the androids are just consciences projected into different bodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. And I always wondered if the the bunker was actually just sort of a do you think it was like a physical space or if that was all data? Interesting. Like sim- I like hadn't thought it was of it. a simulation just... for them. Well, no, that's where they, their uh, their mechas are up there. So yeah, they, they fly but, out from there, don't they? Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess they could. Uh, anyways. Interesting thought experiment, yeah. though. But it, it ends up sort of... Uh, you recover 9S and he has to eliminate some mm-hmm. like malignant programming and stuff like that. But then you have to go back down to Earth um, mm-hmm. because things are going on. And it, at this point in time, it's sort of like everything is escalating and it ends mm-hmm. up culminating. And there, there's some pretty wild stuff that's about to, to go down, but it ends up culminating in a fight between 2B and 9S and Eve. And mm-hmm. um, because yeah, Eve is pissed because you killed well, Adam. And where Adam, his summation was like his, his the sort of answer to the, like his meaning of life was like conflict. Eve's answer was Adam. Like right. uh, it, it was my brother is the reason like, you know, and to spend time with my brother and to learn and to play and to grow. Um, those are the things that mattered to him. And so when his brother dies, he sort of has a psychotic snap and um, mm-hmm. ends up, they end up, you know, stopping him. But in the process, 9S dies but and here's because they're robots 9s managed to seed his conscience throughout the machines around him and so he he he's mm-hmm. not dead his consciousness now resides in but there's a whole scene where 2b has to kill him and it's like there, there there's some weirdness and some yeah it's like guys this yeah. this story is just so weird and convoluted and it's it's just like anyways this cycle repeats right and so the 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 initial playthrough of the game sort of trying to bullet point this which is probably an exercise in futility but i'm gonna try it anyways (laughs) is that you go through all of this and it ends up that 2b has to kill 9s because he's corrupted and he's Mm -hmm. sort of poisoned for lack of but and if she doesn't stop him 
Yeah, the the way that both the androids, I mean, I guess you know this from the beginning, but you learn this about the machines. They're, they're basically connected. They have a neural connection. So the machines themselves have a, have a network that they're all linked up to that they can disengage from if they want autonomy, but it's kind of like a hive mind sort of thing where they all can work in tandem. And so that's where Ninus's backup. He uploads know, himself uh, into consciousness their was or something, right? But also because he attached to it at some point, he also downloaded a virus, and that's going to be uploaded to the rest of the androids. And so Two uh, B has to kill Nine S to prevent that that virus going viral uh, among all the other androids. Yeah. So, but, but they also, it's, it's very, um, long and drawn or like emphasized in the game because she has, because, you know, the whole game, she has this huge sword. She she strangles him to death. Like it's, it's a very impactful scene because you see her have to slowly kill him and, and he's, he is begging for it. You know, he doesn't want, he he needs to die. And he's asking to die. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. well, he doesn't really die. He comes back to life in a bunch of machines yeah, because of the back. But then, mm-hmm. and that sort of that takes you up to the first ending, and that's mm-hmm. and this is the point. Like the and just like a lot of it, it's like a lot of that is front loaded, um, because like you go through your second playthrough, and it's the same sequence of events. It's just now yeah. you're experiencing yeah. that all through Nine S's perspective and point of view. Mm-hmm. And if I can just backtrack just just slightly, so the game, the first ending, it ends, and even though you went through all this hardship, like oh, 9s does actually come back. There was this little bit of his consciousness that was there, and so he's not gone for good. So you know, this is what a dozen hours or so into this game. Now the credits roll, and it feels like an ending, even though there's a ton of questions that you have, like what the heck just yeah. happened you have this this plot this overarching narrative of machines bad androids good struggle to fight machines finally overcame machines and we're okay now we're going back to base so it does give like a little bit of a wrap up even though there's a ton that's hidden there's a ton that's happening here that is obscured and unexplained, so you don't really know. It does also, it, it, it kind of puts a nice little, okay, if you want to finish the game here, here's where it ends. And it, it, it makes it more simple, even though it's very convoluted, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Well, it's, so, it's open-ended. So then the second place. It's uh, like, there's, right. there's so many yeah. like unanswered yeah. questions that... Like, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a bit of a story that it tells the story and this is where the story ends and we'll move mm-hmm. on. But yeah, because we skipped over a couple other scenes of of things happening where, again, machines bad overcome machines kind of. Thing. And the, I mean, the, the thing that is difficult is that narratively, this game in a lot of ways, the plot isn't the point. Like it's right. these these moments of conflict and these conversations and. So where to be and her experience is she's very cold, very sterile. And she's sort of like, like her playthrough, she's like warming up to, 
9s in a lot of ways at least that's Mm -hmm. how it appears Mm -hmm. because the the entire point of this game is like nothing is really the way it appears that's like one of the big big conceits here and so you play through with 9s you go through those same sequences of events you see it from his perspective this time now you've got a different combat ability you can hack into your enemies if you hack into them without being seen you can actually remote control them uh if you hack into them after you've been spotted it just causes like a destruct sequence kind of thing um yeah massive yeah, damage th- and they, they do it they explode so there's a little bit of aoe stuff but whereas 2b was a little distant she's kind of cold um and she did warm up a little bit 9s is he's curious and he's sort of optimistic mm-hmm. and he's he's just he's he's very much he's he's very much more extroverted uh and just sort of a lot yeah. more outgoing and he's he's a lot more like he you can like he's he's trying to make connections with people and, or androids and mm-hmm. so you go through this same series of events and you see it all from his side and mm-hmm. then and and because he's hacking into the machines you hear the machine side yeah. of the story as well. So when you get to that first boss, Simone, who's all about beauty, you actually see why you know she wanted to love another machine. Well, she was in love short. with another machine, but the other mm-hmm. machine did not reciprocate. Right. So she tries to. She looks to. Okay, what do humans do in this case? You know, or or maybe maybe she thought of that before. Okay, I need to love someone. So she goes, this, this uh, robot, he doesn't love her back. Okay, well then what do humans do? They become beautiful, right, to attract a mate. So I will become beautiful. And it's just the, this downward spiral into like, now she is like destroying other machines so that she can put their parts on her, you know, in this convoluted sense of beauty. So you get some, you get an idea, like how she became who she was. She's not just, you know, she didn't start off crazy, like, this was her descent into madness based on the programming of I want to know what humans, how humans act, and I want to become more human so that I can find a purpose. You you play through all of this stuff. And again, and, and again, there's there's some other bits and pieces where it's like the emphasis right. is different, that that extra perspective. And while you're playing as nines, you know, because he does ask at one point in time to be to say, Call me nines, and she's like, "I'm not gonna yeah. do that." Um, she does once, um, mm-hmm. but like uh, he gets these like weird little like vignette sort of like uh, cutscene kind of things. At first, you're like, "What the heck am I watching?" But then you realize, in, in a yeah. lot of ways, it's sort of how the 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 machines would explain their history in different areas and these sequences sort of explain the story of the machines in that area to a certain extent. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's, you go back through the cycle again and then you like, but on the, the, the interesting part is when he does the hacking thing, there's like that little, it's like, there's a little bit of a shoot, shoot him up sort of mini game sort of thing. And for some of those sequences where you just were sort of on the outside. So like, for the one against what Simone, the the beauty obsessed one, you're you're actually there are these whole sub levels that sort of within the fight 
that you have to go through to unlock all of that stuff and to really defeat her and disarm her. And so, but what mm-hmm. those things too do as well is they unlock memories so that you're hearing more of their story. Mm-hmm. You get some more of the moments between Adam and Eve, you know, when they are mm-hmm. together and Adam is researching humanity and why he's doing there, There's one scene in particular, Eve asks him, they're eating apples. And Eve asks him, like, why do I have to eat this thing? I'm a robot. Like, I'm a machine. I don't need this. And Adam's basically like, well, humans did it, and they became, you know, this great uh, creature. So maybe this is, you know, maybe this will help us become more human. I want to be as human as possible. So let's try and eat these apples. Eve's like, okay. But anyway, you, you see some of the, you get to see the motivation of the characters with 9S because he is hacked into this neural network that the machines are a part of. You get to see their side of the story and you realize that they actually have a side of the story. It's not um, what you were told in the beginning that they're just there to kill the androids. Yeah. It's, um, you want to, you want to take a crack at the C playthrough? <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, I, I don't remember specifics uh, exactly, but basically you go through your B playthrough, it's the same thing over again, just from a different perspective. And then C is where stuff hits the fan because, um, long story short, all of Yorha gets that virus anyway. <laughs> so um all of the androids go crazy and start attacking you um you it, i say you it's it's you know 2b and 9s well and what what happens is so you get back up to that point right in in the the b playthrough and 9s mm-hmm. and 2b defeat eve and then there's that sort of goes back that cutscene, and they go back up to the hangar. And now it's time to now that Adam and Eve, the big threats, have been exterminated. It's time to destroy all the. It's time to get rid of all the machines. Like all the big threats mm-hmm. have been like removed from the playing field. And so there's a virus, and it gets around to basically all of Yorha. Um, and so they they. I, yeah, I, I, it's, I don't remember the specifics because, again, again, I don't think the game is necessarily about the specifics. Also, I didn't say this at the out- outset, and I meant to say this. Sorry. Uh, I usually try for episodes like this to dig in as much as possible into all the various aspects of this game. But because I don't think the point of this game is its plot, I, don't, I can't lay it all. You know, like... I mean, I guess you could say the same thing for Bloodborne, and I did that for Bloodborne anyway. <laughs> but it's it's something like that where you don't need to know everything. It's more about uh, these certain the things. Broader, so the broader the themes really... are more important than the actual plot points. And so, Yes, yeah. So the androids, basically androids go crazy. You find out that your ha itself was actually created after humanity went to the moon, you find out the humans that are on the moon are actually dead. You find you find there out that that no humans. androids were actually sort of an outworking uh, of a project to split 
the human, like, so to, to basically mm-hmm. split the human soul from the, the body essentially, mm-hmm. and that they developed this technology, the, the, these replicants or simulants, like there's all, there's all sorts of weird stuff that just gets like pulled mm-hmm. out. It's like that. And humans have been dead for hundreds of years, but your ha has mm-hmm. sort of in very, very similarly to the machines programming has sort of been like, well, <laughs> you know, it's been sort of going on and just saying, well, we, there's this signal that's being beamed from the moon to tell us that humans are there, but the commander knows that humans have been dead. And so it's sort of like right. these, these androids have been sort of, basically going on this mission these these machine hunting missions and their exercises in futility right you you figure out throughout this playthrough that both the androids and the machines are interlocked in this conflict but both have been programmed not to actually exterminate the other side that when one side gets the upper hand basically they have a self destruct to where they will not actually complete their mission because then that would invalidate the entire purpose for which they were built. If they were built to fight the other team, then they can't totally wipe out the other team because then their purpose would be gone. So it's it's this never-ending conflict that when one side gets the upper hand, they sabotage themselves, basically. Um, so all the, again, I don't remember all the details. All of that convoluted plot is actually related to and why I used and why Nate used that opening monologue that Tubi has where she talks about this idea. I think it wasn't from Nietzsche. Nietzsche, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, he was, um, that God he was an dead. existentialist. He was one of the founding existentialists. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Nietzsche, Nietzsche did, uh, or Nietzsche did. There, he made a statement: "God is dead." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have and we killed have him. him. Yeah. And it's not a triumphant statement, but it's a statement of like because of our. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. You're you're the philosopher uh, more so than I am. But my understanding is that he was saying that uh, because of our because of our progression into science because we can now search out these things in the universe. We no longer need to rely on. Uh, previous myths in order yeah. to get our uh, our understanding of why the world is the way that it is. So we no longer need God. Therefore, we have killed God. Yeah. Therefore, God the is dead. With, with the problem with Nietzsche idea. or Nietzsche was that um, it. I I always said Nietzsche, but uh, the problem with him though is he was <laughs> a syphilitic madman. So, um, <laughs> well, well, but that's, that's also what this game touches on is because that says nothing about man's purpose that you can only, you can't derive an ought from an is, yeah. <laughs> right? And so when, when he says that, that, that we no longer need God to explain the is, um, well, there's something deeper than that that's, that's going on. So, so what this game is actually getting at is you see these different characters that have the idea of their purpose because they're, they're functional gods. Uh, I guess you can assume from this point on that whenever I say the word God, I mean little g God, um, that their gods are dead because the characters that you play as have been under the, the 
impression that their God, humanity, was off on the moon somewhere and they had lived under that directive. And now they're understanding that their God has been dead this entire time. And so that throws them into uh, this, this existentialist nightmare of completely unmooring them from everything they thought to be real. So what is it? I mean, the dominoes start falling is what is my purpose if the, well, the, the people who created me aren't even and, there? And so this is, I think, like a good place to talk maybe a little bit about A2. Um, A2, okay. you're mm-hmm. actually introduced to A2 a lot earlier in the game, and you'll run into her in the right. first playthrough. And and again, you'll re you'll have another encounter with her in the second playthrough, and and so on and so forth. And her story, the lore surrounding her, isn't nearly as important as sort of like the role that she she fulfills. Because eventually, what happens mm-hmm. is Tubi dies. Tubi dies, yeah. and 9S isn't there to sort of like save her or back her up. Because once the bunker goes, there's nowhere for them to back themselves up to. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. Like, they, there aren't, there isn't uh, another body that they can sort of shuffle their consciousness into. And so Tubi dies, and she's she becomes infected, and A2 is the one who sort of puts her out of her misery. And... Mm-hmm. 9s sort of i think he sees this or he and yeah yeah he sees it from and, far off just a yeah came. and he has mm-hmm. a bit of a psychotic break and um mm-hmm. he actually sort of like it, i guess what's sort of interesting too is like so the, the second half the real second half of the game is sort of pitting these two perspectives whereas a2 had sort of been just killing machines and just sort of she had been a bit of a rogue agent and uh with the death of 2B there sort of becomes like a bit of a watershed moment and she starts asking questions and it's almost a bit of a redemption arc where instead of just sort of like mindlessly sort of pursuing this sort of vendetta against machines now she's still destroying them but She's asking more questions and she becomes actually concerned about preserving and protecting 9S. Whereas 9S, um, sort of again, he sort of has a bit of a psychotic snap where when A2 kills 2B like that, he vows not only to destroy all the remaining machines, but to destroy A2 as well. And it's sort of Mm -hmm. like, and it's these two sort of competing pursuits of meaning right Mm -hmm. and the the way that the the game actually sort of dovetails their experiences now you can play all of one side and all of the other um but you actually sort of like there are these little segments where you take turns playing as them and sort of Mm -hmm. uh this is where it gets a little interesting because it ends up culminating well not but this is one of the areas where it gets a little interesting but it ends up culminating in a showdown between. 9s or a2 and you pick Mm -hmm. a side and depending on which side you pick uh you'll experience different endings and uh sort of how Mm -hmm. things sort of work out um so the the way that this game 
ends ends when you sort of go through and you've done the a playthrough and the b playthrough and the c playthrough and the d playthrough and eventually even if you get to the e playthrough because there comes a point where these pod units have been sort of like they're constant companions but they're sort of in the background and they're Mm -hmm. just there's some weird weird narrative devices there as well like Guys, yeah. oh my gosh! Even talking about this game, just like <laughs> I'm like, I was like, oh, I'll I'll dust up on it a little bit. The more I, the way the game ends, right, is that the pods are actually reassembling two B and nine S, mm-hmm. and they have managed to back up two B and nine S's conscious consciousnesses or pieces of their consciousness and they're they're reassembling them and they actually at one point in time and say like well if you put them back in there isn't the same thing going to happen eventually and the, the one of the pods looks at the other and says maybe but they at least need to have the opportunity to try something different um mm-hmm. and so there's like like I said, there's these questions, and even when you're doing the e playthrough, so the e playthrough, there are all these questions that I I don't know. Did you do you remember that like the little prompts where at first it says, "Are you going to give up here?" But then it turns it turns right. on, into stuff like, y- you know, do you think this is worth it? Are video game like mm-hmm. are video games stupid? It asks a bunch of like more probing questions, and ends up. <sighs> In a very clever way, it gets you to delete your own files. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. the The difficulty of this shooting segment ramps up. So I remember I was doing really well through a lot mm-hmm. of it, and then I just started crashing and burning. Like it gets rough, well, and I'm not the best. It's also like player. a thirty minute anyway. long segment. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're fighting your way through the credits of the game. While uh, this music is playing, and the music, like we've talked about how great the music is, um, this music it goes back and forth between a Japanese singer who is, I, I presume, is singing the same types of things, and an English singer, um, and the English is talking about basically Tubi's struggle that she has to carry the weight of the world um, and the weight of everything that she's learned. And how can she do this alone? Oh, but she's going to continue to. Well, fight. one of the revelations here, people, I, I and it's like this is sort of a like this is like it, and again, the, the, some of these like it's hard to sort of like talk about this stuff because the plus. But one of the revelations is there's a fourth series of Android that's and through one of the side quests you get exposed to them, but it's the, the E type, the extermination type. Okay, right. and it turns mm-hmm. out that 9S and 2B have been going through this cycle where it's like he would get, like they needed as a scout or surveillance, they needed him to be inquisitive and to be curious. But he would hit a point where he would start figuring out things. And then Mm -hmm. 2B or 2E rather, because she wasn't actually a B model, she was an E series. she would kill him and she had killed him dozens of times at least. Right. And this was a cycle mm-hmm. that had repeated itself over and over and over again. 
Mm-hmm. And which is why she was so cold to him because she didn't want to like him because she knew that she'd have well, to Well, and kill the, him. I think the thing was, I would even say it was like she was so cold because she cared. And she knew mm-hmm. that she cared about 9S. And so it, it's, yeah. 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 And, and, and there's, there's a lot of things also as we come to the end of this game that like, that we could have explained, like, like just to round out some of the characters. I said earlier how, um, Adam, his purpose was conflict. Actually, he has this dialogue with, uh, 9S where his, his purpose is actually desire, but he sees that if, you know, because, because humans desire things. Um, if he desires anything, then he has to basically fight anything that gets into his way. And so he moves from desire to conflict, but he has this, this conversation with nine S where he talks about like, you're a robot. You shouldn't have any desires, but you have desires. And he goes off on these tangents. He actually says some, some dirty things as well, but basically Mm. to put this seed in nine S of like, you're not who you say you are things aren't the way that you see that that they seem to be to kind of start him on this path of like searching things out. Like that's where, yeah, the seed is planted of where he, he begins to crack after the C playthrough of, of like almost, almost accepting what Adam said by the end of the game when he's completely given over to like killing uh, uh, a two and things like that. So anyways, there, there are, there, there are lots of other things. There are lots of other characters as well. If we don't want to spend um, necessarily much time on that, but the, yeah. So the, this, again, back to that, that final sequence of the game, the shoot 'em up segment where you're going and yeah, the, the game is asking you, does this really matter? Do you really want to uh, continue? Are you still going to fight this losing battle? Like you've seen what happens, you've seen how futile this is. Are you going to continue? And the music, as you continue playing, begins to swell. And the farther you get, well, then the the Japanese singer and the English singer are in, intertwined. And then there's this chorus behind him as you get towards the end of this sequence. And um, well, eventually you, you, you start dying because it's way too difficult for you to get through. And so it asks you, do you need help? Do you want to cry out to the void to see if anyone will help you? And so you have to <laughs> because you're going to lose otherwise. And when you do, other players come in. And so there are other ships fighting alongside you. And you start gaining extra lives. Now and that, so they, I, they I basically become. I was looking some stuff up. If mm-hmm. you're not connected to the, the network, that won't happen. Okay. Oh, wow. So you like it, th- that option is only available to someone who is connected to PSN. Or well, if you're wow. playing online, the mm. the online yeah. network. But yeah, if you're not connected to the network at that point in time, um, you will have to continue to play with one ship. Dude, no way! Yeah. How is I that even possible? That that it's but yeah. That's pe- people also play this game on out. hard, so <laughs> so there is a precedent. Um. So as the as the music begins begins to swell, you have these other ships coming in to help you. You have the music there. You got this this sense of all these people fighting alongside you, even though they know it's going to be this losing battle, even though they know it's futile. They will uh, persevere 
and finally you get through it all and you finish and the game asks you, if you want to become one of those, if you want to help other people fight through this battle as well. And it says that if you do that, then you're going to have to erase your game. So you can either choose to do that and erase your game or no, I'm, I'm fine with where I am. And if you choose to erase your game, it continues to ask you, well, what if, um, what if, would you really erase your game for someone you don't even know? You select yes. Okay. Well, what if that person hates well, you? Yeah. The, what if that, that person's person, a bigot? Like, what if what if that person really? He's a horrible human. You being. really don't like them or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you continue to select yes, then finally the game will actually do what it says it was going to do and erase your file, and so that your little ship will show up on other people's games. Um, and it actually says like the name that you have, your PSN name as you as it helps other ships who are connected to PSN playing the game. And that is the end of Near Automata. But because well, oh, I was that? just gonna say, like yeah, does, uh, it's so hard. Again, I just come back to it. It's like this is a game that the story in and of itself is like it's second fiddle. And so like, yes, mm-hmm. there's some like narrative beats here that need to be talked about and stuff, but it, it comes back to sort of revisiting that everything that lives is designed to end. They're perpetually trapped in never any spiral of life and death. However, life is all about the struggle within this cycle. And so the, that's mm-hmm. sort of the existentialist argument is that, yeah, you're going to struggle, but that's part of the, that's, that's, that is like the critical sort of key to the human experience is like, what do you mm-hmm. do within this sort of like cycle or this, this sort of like with that, that sort of yellow thing? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the game portrays this all throughout because now that you've seen what the game is actually about at the very end, um, as you look back, that honestly, that last E ending, is very uplifting. It feels awesome to be able to finally like destroy all the well all because all the, all the, the stuff doom. is like all the things that are like because that's the other thing too is that Adam and Eve and the machine system AI are all mm-hmm. loaded into this arc, this like space mm-hmm. bullet thing, and they're gonna go drift in the cosmos and maybe find a new planet to like inhabit and, and see life on and and sort of yeah that that's right yeah that's why it's asking you like do you want to do this like do you want to and yeah, yeah that's right 2b and 9s are reassembled uh a2 is reassembled and it seems like maybe in some ways these androids are going to be given the opportunity to break the cycle to mm-hmm create different lives for themselves. And so, yeah, there's a very optimistic sort of hopeful vibe here. Right. That, that's how the E ending of the game plays out is this, it, it feels very hopeful. But then you go back and, and because you've recontextualized the rest of the game, you can look at the different characters. You can see their arcs. And this is... Like, this is the special thing about the game. This is why, you know, we've called it a flawed masterpiece is because it has these characters 
Um, in, in much the way that one of my favorite series, a Shin Megami Tensei game, has these ideas that it presents, and each character is the embodiment of this idea. You get that. You get a, a similar uh, thing in this game, except that these characters have arcs, and it's actually a very cynical game with with all of the characters, except for the E ending. I feel like it's very cynical. Um, because the, and like the handful of characters that I've pulled together as I've, as I've thought through this. Okay. So there's Simone, you know, like she was trying to become like humans. And so her purpose was beauty and she ended up becoming this, you know, sickly deformed being that is willing to destroy others in order to become more beautiful for the sake of this other robot, Jean Paul, who was a big old jerk. Um, who didn't care about anyone else. He he fancied himself a philosopher, but that was all. He didn't care ab- about absolutely, and, and and other robots were obsessed with him. He didn't mostly care. female. He was just a female jerk. robots, right? Mm-hmm. You see Adam and Eve, and they're um, kind of reaching out to become like humanity as well. And you see they end in failure too because <laughs> they decided to become like. Uh, humanity in all of its flaws. At least I'm, I'm thinking Adam in particular. And then you see Eve when his functional God dies, he goes insane and, and goes on a rampage on revenge. Um, one of the vignettes that we didn't talk about, one of the areas of the game we didn't talk about was the, the forest king, mm. like the forest people. And that's basically these machines that decided that they were going to create their own religion. And so they have this almost like messianic character, except that they're machines. And so this baby machine doesn't ever actually grow up and they are forced to defend it. And, and I do think it's kind of, it feels like Yoko Taro is kind of making fun of religion at this point because all of the machines decide to take on very uh, medieval trappings well, in order that's not to even, defend that's not even their the, religion. Like, so he does that, but then he revisits that with the the factory machines, the, the factory right machine cult, and mm-hmm. and I. It's it's a their their transcend yeah their transcendence is through death that oh there's yeah. an afterlife so let's kill each other and become like gods yeah 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 it's it's more like a you know drink the Kool Aid was that David Crush yeah. I think well there's been a ton um, of them so but yeah, right Crush is yeah. one of them it's it's just like I I think throughout this thing there are all these sort of questions he he's asking and positions he sort of and and i think ultimately mm-hmm. even i would even say like and e ending well it has like a veneer of hopefulness oh man that that's where i'm going can we can okay. we wait just just point out a couple more because that is the ultimate place and that's what i think makes this game mm, uh sorry so before we jump there, just a couple more characters, the, just two more vignettes I want to point out. One is just a simple side quest. I'm sure you did it since you platinumed the game. But it struck me when when I came upon him. Is the Karate Master? Did yeah. you fight that dude who was on top of the... It, it's really simple. You basically go up to him and he's like, I'm trying to get stronger. 
uh, so fight me and see how strong I am. And you beat him. And it basically does that same thing like four times. And each time he gains more parts, he goes out into the world, he gains more parts, he gets stronger. Well, you go out into um, the world the and final. you bring stuff back to him. And oh, then he you bring upgrades stuff. That's himself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what a turd. Um, that's right. That's right. And finally, you know, he's like, it, he basically takes on Adam's uh, ideal of like, in order to truly become the best that I can, I have to put my life on the line. So don't hold back at all. And you destroy him. And that's the end. Like, that's what it was that he just, he wanted to become more powerful. And it has this kind of like Eastern feeling of the, like Eastern mysticism of like, thank you for finally freeing me kind of an idea. But it's like, dude, you just destroyed him. Like, that's not a positive thing. Um, and then finally, the last character is Pascal himself, where he creates this village where he's trying to raise up. Like, he basically um, unhooks himself from the neural network of the, of the rest of the machines. He says, I'm going to do my own thing. And he wants to create a peaceful race. He says, I'm not going to fight the androids. In fact, I'm going to partner with them. We'll trade. I'm I'm going to be on their side, you know, I'm going to be peaceful whenever I can. And so he he starts this village and other robots come with him who want to agree with him that there can be peace. And he has these children robots. Again, don't think too much about it. It's weird. I don't get it all altogether. But long story short, he ends up um when other robots attack all of the children in his village end up committing suicide and he blames himself because he taught them to be afraid as a defense mechanism, not realizing that their fear that he had taught them would drive them to suicide rather than being killed by something else. And this weighs on Pascal so heavily that he asks you to either kill him or erase all of his memories. Like the most hopeful character in this game ends up to where he either asks you to kill him because he can't kill himself. He doesn't want to kill himself. He asks you to kill him or completely wipe me of my memories because I was so wrong <laughs> to have well, it's tried not just this. Wiping him of his memories either, but it's like taking him, like just like basically gutting his intellect as well. Mm -hmm. Like it's like yeah. sort of wiping the slate clean. And yeah, yeah. I wish I never existed. Kind of, thing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a being. Where, again, it's he's like throughout the whole game, he's like one of the most hopeful characters. And he ends in just like this abject. Uh, despair is where he ends. And so then, okay, now we can, we can go to it. The final ending where, I, and again, to his credit, I think Taro uh, set this up really well. I think along with the fantastic music that, that's playing, it feels really good to finally get through all of it. And it feels very hopeful. Okay, now we're going on to something new. There's a chance even while he continues to remind you everything's futile. Yeah. Nothing really matters. And, and it's like, there's even sort of this hint where they're just going to go back to it. It's like, they're just going to mm -hmm. do the same thing all over again. Yeah. And it ends up to me stepping back. It feels like the game is saying everything that we've tried up to this point has failed. 
So let's keep trying, even though we know we can't make it. Like it is the human condition is to keep going, even in the face of abject futility. So let's join hands together and fight against the void. You know, sc- together. Yeah, let's, let's scream into the void, like scream our defiance into the mm-hmm. void. And it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, it's I like I just go back to this idea where someone said like somebody tweeted out or wrote on a message board and said this just feels really nihilistic. Somebody was like, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a human existentialist tale. It's not nihilistic, and I was like, uh, that's semantics, dude. Like you're you're mis-. I was like, they're those are the well, same thing. I, I think if you're honest, they they come to the same thing because like. The the human existential like the, the existentialist humanist sort of perspective is going to be like I'm going to give this thing meaning, and that meaning is going to be mm-hmm. born out of my struggle, and it, that meaning is going to be born out of my goals and my dreams and desires. But I'm going to we are going to give this thing meaning, and ultimately, like when you you without any sort of moral or ethical foundation or absolute, it's meaningless. It's just meat mm-hmm. bags doing what meat bags do it's just yeah. it's just by the, the the it's just zeros and ones it's a, like the biochemical computer sort of getting the job done mm-hmm. and i think this game causes you to interact with that now you can you can just be completely blind to that through the whole game if you want to be I totally get that because of like the more confusing convoluted elements because of the things that are hidden. I totally get it doesn't have to hit you the same way that it hit me. But when you step back and think about, you know, what you've just played and all of this, um, it hit me hard because this is, it pulls you in, it gives you this character. And then it says the only hope in this world is to fight against all of the odds, knowing that everything that you do will be futile and that is an absolute nightmare like i think this game encapsulates and shows really well the end of humanist well, existential it, it, i mean it demonstrates the futility of all of that and it just yes. it, it basically yes. sort of does sort of hold up the emptiness of that worldview mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, and I think it is all the more pronounced because it tries to end on a hopeful note. Like, this is the best that you have to offer. This is what you're supposed to be hoping in, and it's completely empty. It's like, no, this is... De- like, you don't know that the, that, that, you know, the, the backups of all the machines are actually going to go anywhere. And even if they do, you don't know if it's going to if they're actually going to evolve past anything because everything that they've tried up to this point has been absolutely few. Like you actually have no hope. And that emptiness I feel like is made all the more, um, it screams all the more at me because it's trying so hard to be hopeful by like sticking its own head in the sand. And that's what I thought was so awesome about Like, so like jarringly discordantly awesome about this game is like, wow, this is really the best that you have. Like this is your hope is emptiness is nothing. Well, I mean, some existentialists have posited too that, you know, in a, in a way part of 
what matters too is like a bit of the legacy that you leave behind, what people think of you mm-hmm. um, and how people mm-hmm. remember, remember you. And so, like I said, for me, it, it just does hit a point where I'm like, this is empty. This is empty. This yeah. is empty. This is empty. And while the the humanist existentialist art the the existential humanist argument there we go that one works <laughs> is on its face not a nihilistic position because of the mm-hmm. very nature of its existence yeah and it's 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 like the full outworkings of that model it's empty because it mm-hmm. it doesn't have any moral weight or or rationale. Yeah, it's not it's not hooked to so it's not anchored to anything with any kind of higher moral standard whatsoever. It's it's what you want it to be by definition. Yeah. It's what <laughs> you you can what you can know it to be um which m- might have absolutely no other meaning to anyone else. <laughs> well, yeah, if if it can mean anything then if it means everything then it means nothing. Kind of mm-hmm. deal. Like well, that's a yeah. yeah. I'm I'm is that Aristotle? Okay. Yeah, I don't know who that is at this point. My brain is sort sort of gone like <laughs> it's like we've gone through enough. There has been like, enough uh convolution. The the, the point is evening. Like this game, it has some very interesting ideas. It has some really solid mm-hmm. sort of like chops. But at the end of the day, the argument, the 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 thing it's trying to sort of persuade you of, frankly, in the Christian worldview, it's just going to be like, no, this isn't this isn't right. starter. Yep, and and that's why I liked it so much personally. Is because it shows, yeah, just the few. I know I've said these words so many times. The futility of that type of mindset, and I know that I do have hope, <laughs> and His name is Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, like like we've said before, we do think that this is a strong should play. It borders right? on being, or did we put it's, it? It's it play? borders on being a must play. I I would say like. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very strong should play. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I and I'll I you know again as we talked about last episode, this will probably make its way pretty high on the list of our top hundred games. Um, just because I do think, although I think it's the reason I love this game is because of its irony. Okay, I understand that that like Taro's uh, views on the world. Uh, are very different than my own based on what he is positing yeah. with this game. But I I find that that's what makes this game so good is because it shows the emptiness of the, a pagan worldview, basically. Um, and and so that's why I like it. <laughs> but um, I can see you know other people disliking it for the same reason. Oh, this, this doesn't make any sense. Okay, well, that's kind of the point. Um, Anyways, the, the, we've talked enough about it. Those are our thoughts. There's plenty more to be said. And so if you have more to say, there's tons of way that you, ways that you can reach out to us and we can uh, start a conversation on some of the things that you've seen, some of the things that we didn't talk about, all that fun stuff. Um, on Twitter, handles at BBDownCast. Mm-hmm. 
You can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. We've got a group on Facebook, the hashtag Backlog Book Club. We also have a Discord server, so join us in there because we love talking there. Uh, and then you can reach out personally. I generally go by Broccolope, and Nate goes by... Nate underscore McKeever. Yeah, and if you like what you hear, uh, we'd appreciate a rate, a review. We hope you're subscribed. Tell all of your friends uh, so that way we can <laughs> have a nice... Uh, um, you know, the conversation about the futility. Uh, existential grants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we, we'd love to, you know, share the, 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 the crushing love. existential dread. <laughs> yes. Um, there's a, the, uh, a band that I liked in high school. They had one of their, their uh, big songs was called existentialism on prom night. And I think that's just so funny. Um, Anyways, we do also have a uh, Patreon if you want to support us financially. You can do so there. Throw in a dollar or whatever. Uh, think of it like a tip jar if you'd like. We've got extra stuff that'll come your way with that, like our pro hangs. You can see our faces while we record this if for some reason you want to do that. Um, that's all there for you, patreon.com slash thebacklogbreakdown. And we are finally a part of the Play Well Network along with our friends Paul and Wes and their... their uh, cadre of podcasts is that the right word does that work in that context or is that only talking about people i don't know regardless we've got some cool podcasts you should check them out play yeah. one network do it do it <laughs> yes emperor mickey himself says to do it yeah yeah i think uh i think josh at this point in time we have whether we did it well whether we did it with style those those things remain to be debated, but we did mm -hmm. it. We came, we did the things, and now what should they do, Josh? You guys, keep beating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Indeed. And the final word goes to the Techno Funk Boy and Broccolope himself and the Discord. Techno Funk Boy writes, Twitch thought I would like Billy Mitchell's channel. I'm ashamed. Brocklope writes, you like tool-assisted speedruns, don't you? Techno Funk Boy's response, not sure if MAME is the tool you're referring to or Billy is, but either way, I laughed. Brocklope, double entendre, my dude. Double freaking entendre. Tool-assisted speedruns. Tool-assisted speedruns. That should be like his handle on Twitter. <laughs>